Hey guys, WFAN the Kid here, and today I'm going to be doing a podcast on the New York Knicks. So, today I am actually recording my 100th podcast. Uh, pretty nice milestone, and I'd like to take this opportunity to thank all of my viewers, all of my listeners who have been with me since day one, who have listened to the very early podcast that I did back, oh gosh, what was it? almost three years ago when I was first starting out this podcast and it's been a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to continuing to do podcasts to make podcasts pursuing hopefully a career in this field one day so thank you for that episode 100 the New York Knicks it has been an interesting season and I'm pretty content for the most part with what's gone on so far there have been some changes. Eh, not everyone is playing, who maybe I would have thought on day one. There's definitely some pieces like Rose, Fournier, who you thought would be much more involved in the Knicks' success and in their winning games. But no, they've been on the bench and kind of non-existent to the Knicks. You really see them play very, very minimal minutes. On rare occasions, do you see Derek Rose at all? Fournier, only if someone's hurt and... The Knicks are in dire need of someone off the bench. You might see him. But yeah, it's been very interesting. And current record of 27-25. and 25. A little over halfway done with the NBA season. I want to go back a little bit. Knicks were 25-19 and 19 a little while ago. Then they went on a four-game skid. Four-game losing streak. Okay. And I was looking at the schedule. With that record, now down to 25-23 and 23, last week... I looked ahead. You have the Cleveland Cavaliers. You have Boston on the road. You have the Nets. You have uh, the Lakers, who we just played last night. And I'm looking at this. Where is it going to get easy? We're going to go into the All-Star break with a losing record. The Knicks proved me wrong. They came out, got a really nice win in a defensive battle against the Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell's return to New York. They did it without Mitchell Robinson. And a player like Jared Allen on the uh, on the Cavs, you know how good of a big he is. Loves to assert his dominance. Very good rebounder. But the Knicks found a way to get that done. Something great. We snuck out a win here. Then you go on to Boston. And I'm like, ugh. We have to go on the road and play the best team in the National Basketball Association. I did not have very high hopes for this game. But the Knicks played a hell of a game. They did not come out strong. Boston got an early double-digit lead. Got out to, what, 15 in the first quarter. But the Knicks stormed back. I mean, they took the lead, regained it in the second quarter, early in the second quarter. And from that point on, it was pretty much neck and neck. And the Knicks were ahead by double digits, even in the fourth quarter. Played a really nice third, strong going into the fourth. And then the classic Knicks collapse happens. We've seen all too many times where the Knicks take these full-hardy leads into the fourth quarter and can't sustain them. So, Boston forces overtime, had a chance to win it there at the end of regulation, couldn't get the shot to go. OT. Okay. Doesn't start out too great for the Knicks. Fall behind, struggle to score, but they keep clawing and clawing away. Eventually, it's a one-possession game. RJ has a corner three, gives us the lead. And we then foul Jalen Brown, 
who goes on to miss both free throws. Then RJ coolly hits two at the other end after being fouled off the rebound of Jalen's second missed free throw, and they win the game. Massive, massive wins those two games were for the Knicks. Huge. So then I'm starting to feel great, upbeat about this team, but then we go into Sunday against the Brooklyn Nets, and it was kind of ugly. Not kind of ugly, it was ugly. It was an ugly performance, and kind of a reverse of what we saw in Boston. The Nets took a strong lead into the second half, and we battled back. I mean, there's no Kevin Durant, there's no Ben Simmons, they're missing pieces. You should be able to compete in this game, and that's what they did. The Knicks made it close in the fourth quarter, but at the very end, Kyrie was lethal with his shooting. Other players played a huge role. They got it done. So that's a loss. Last night, because this is being recorded on Wednesday, last night we played the LA Lakers. And the LA Lakers, to me, is the example of a team exactly what you don't want to do. They have two stars in Anthony Davis and LeBron James. A former used-to-be star in Russell Westbrook, not close to what he used to be. And then a bunch of no-names. They did get Hachimura, which I like, does help. But that I don't think that's a deep enough squad to take them far. But I will give them credit. They came into our house, well, where the next two play poorly. MSG, for whatever reason, we suck there. They come into our house, and they get the W. Another game that went to overtime, and the Knicks just couldn't pull it out. So after those feel-good back-to-back wins, back-to-back losses... And that's where the Knicks stand right now, 27 and 25. Where do we go from here? Well, we have a huge, huge game tomorrow night against the Miami Heat. We're currently the seventh seed, chasing sixth seed Miami. And seeding is very, very important in today's basketball because with the new rules, with the play-in, there is no guaranteed spot if you're outside of the top six in your conference. And that game against uh, the Miami Heat, it's not going to be easy. Bam Adebayo, he's a hard guy to stop. Without Mitch, that's not going to be easy. And they they have a deep squad. Hero, a whole plethora of good players that can shoot the ball well, can hurt you in the paint. And that's why they've gone far in the playoffs recently. They've been an effective NBA team because they have a deep roster. They've won four out of five games. They actually also beat the Celtics like the Knicks recently did. So that should be an interesting matchup. And before the All-Star break, the Knicks have eight games left. There's going to be the Heat, like I just said, two games against Philadelphia, a game against the Nets, a trip to take on Trey Young in Atlanta. So there are some meaningful and difficult games for the Knicks ahead. Bottom line, I want the Knicks to go into the All-Star game feeling good. I want them to have a winning record at the very least, because well, two games over 500 now, more or less at least keep up this pace that they're on and just play good basketball don't get any injuries before the all-star break we already without Mitch don't need anyone else getting hurt and it should be interesting in terms of what I think the Knicks should do before the trade deadline there is some moves that I think they should make and the big rumor that's been circulating recently is OG Ananobi and I'm in favor of the Knicks getting Ananobi. I think he's an effective player. Two games, or two or three, that he did play against the Knicks, he looked good. He played well. He's uh, at his career high right around there in points, I believe. He's averaging around 17 a game. 
And I think he could propel the Knicks to a playoff spot. I mean, he could be the difference, that type of player, between seed 5 and 6 or seed uh, 8, which is big difference. Playoff spot, play-in spot. I mean, the Knicks are definitely missing some offense. We saw how slowly they started off against the Lakers yesterday. Seven minutes went by in the game, and they could not get past five points. OG is the kind of guy that you can bring in off the bench, maybe he'll even start some games, and he could bring bring an offensive spark. I've also heard rumors for uh, Malik Beasley, kind of similar to OG Ananobi, but I, I had I, if I had my pick over the two, I'd take OG a little bit younger, and I think a little bit more versatile, someone that I just personally prefer. Sadiq Bey, also an option that I've heard of from the Detroit Pistons. I don't know why the Pistons would want to give Sadiq Bey up. I think he is a really important piece on their roster, and not like the Pistons were going anywhere anytime soon, but he's a young guy. I mean, he was only drafted a couple of years ago. He's in his third season in the NBA. I don't really see them giving him up. I think he's going to stay in Detroit, so... What they would want for him is probably too much. For OG, I did see we might have to give up three first-rounders. Three first-rounders, those are three important picks. I mean, there's not many people that get selected in the NBA draft. It's only 60 people, so these picks are meaningful. But I think it is worth it to get a player like OG. And to wrap up this podcast, because I don't or I haven't been doing as many Knicks podcasts as I should. I'm just going to go through some of the Knicks players I've currently been seeing and grade them, so to speak, overall. Let's start out with Jalen Brunson. I think the Knicks uh, made an unbelievable acquisition when they got Jalen Brunson. He's definitely showing the Dallas Mavericks why they should have kept him, why they should have bet on him why they should not have let him slip out of their fingers. Because he is absolutely going crazy. He notched his 11th 30-point game of the season last night against LA, even though it didn't result in a Knicks win. Still very impressive. And he's drawing charges. I mean, he's taking on a defensive role. He is everything that the Knicks needed in a point guard. One that can push the tempo. One that could score in bunches. One that has that beautiful jumper. He hits free throws. He has had crazy free throw streaks throughout the season. And like I just said, taking charges. He's a presence on defense, too. He is the whole package. Julius Randle. I do definitely think that he has improved. He's ma- I don't know if he's matured, but he's he's changed his game style. He's admitted to that. Um, he's He's become more of a team player. Less of a ball hog. He understands that this is not a team that he needs to lead anymore. He no longer needs to be dribbling up the floor, handling the ball. He he knows he's not the point guard. He knows that's Jalen's territory. He knows that's in the hands of our guards. But when you need a big shot, he's mostly come up this season. Still a little bit perturbed about yesterday in the fourth quarter against the Lakers. Couldn't even get up a shot with four seconds. Not good. But for the most part, he's been outstanding. He's going to be an all-star. He's playing like he was in 2020. Another 
Really good story this season for the Knicks. Then let's go to some of the young guys. Quinton Grimes, he, he's worked his way into the starting lineup. Definitely deserves it. Um, incredible defender. He is great defensively. I mean, he was guarding some of the biggest guys are in the league. He was guarding Kyrie, doing his best to stop. And I know Kyrie had a good game, but Quentin Grimes was playing good D on him. And when the Knicks have a tough assignment, a tough guard they need to stop, Quentin Grimes is the guy that they match up onto that guard, and he does beautifully. He's also done pretty well from with the three ball, uh, assisting. Overall, really good. Obi Toppin has missed a little time. He did get injured. He is in his third year now. I mean, he he's definitely finding his game more. He had a beautiful game against the Raptors um, a little while ago. And I think he's beginning to find his groove. He's maybe not playing as many minutes as he likes because we all know that Randall is our power forward. But still, I think he's pretty good off the bench, Obi. And if we can't keep him, he's the one I'd like to keep. Emmanuel quickly has been involved in a lot of trade talks. Please, New York Knicks, do not trade this kid. I don't think it's worth it to start from scratch and trade Emmanuel quickly to get somebody else. Because he is such a important player. Very, very important. When RJ was injured, he stepped up beautifully. He got to start games. And he was playing like a starter. He was, after, he was going bananas. And even... Day to day, he is the best bench scorer. He is the one that provides the biggest impact. Great free throw shooter. Can shoot the three well. He's everything you want in a in a shooting card. I don't know. I would not even entertain the idea of trading Emmanuel quickly. I would not. Because IQ is as effective as a bench player as the Knicks can hope for right now. And yeah, that just about wraps up this podcast. There's certainly a lot of questions that the Knicks will have to answer. Didn't do much, didn't do anything last year at the NBA trade deadline. So maybe they'll make some moves this season. And most importantly, Knicks need to finish strong before the All-Star game. Stay healthy. And before you know it, maybe Mitchell will be coming back. He's going to be reevaluated soon. So yeah, it's been a pretty good season so far for the Knicks. And hoping for bright things in the near future. All right, guys, thank you for listening to this podcast, 100th ever episode. Yeah, and thank you guys, as always. I'm WFAN the Kid.